Ah. Unchangeable. Unchangeable. Oh. We bless you, Lord. We honor your holy name. You who is the beginning and the end. The first and the last. Whom can be compared unto you? The everlasting rock of ages. You stand firm in your word. And your might none can comprehend upon it. Your power is above every power. Your authority is the final authority. None can be like you. None can be like you. For you are God in all. You stand in your own might and in your own power and your own glory. Is there any other God like you? There isn't, oh God. Every knee bow. And every tongue confess that you are Lord. Oh, my God. Our soul rejoice in you once again. For all that you are doing in our lives as a church. We honor your sovereignty. We honor you because you are Lord. Please take the glory. Take the glory. In the name of Jesus, forever and ever, may the church shout a big amen unto Jesus. Ah, oh, come on, may the church shout a big amen unto Jesus. Amen. You are acting as if God has not done enough for you. And the reason why, I keep standing for me, please, keep standing, it's okay. Hallelujah. Amen. Say, we need understanding. Bible says the people of Issachar understood the times. We've been privileged and blessed by his sovereign grace to understand the fruit of the spirit called faithfulness. And if nothing can provoke you in your act of worship to God, I pray that the message of faithfulness should provoke you Because the more I study this very message of faithfulness, I see how distant we are from God. God help us. Say to yourself, I need to grow in being faithful. I'm going to let you sit down very soon, but it's okay. Just start with me a little, a little bit. Because when you go back to understand the people of old, they were mere men like you and I. They were just like what? You and I. But sometimes we think that all that they did was about signs and wonders. We have become believers 
of signs and wonders alone. That is why our ears have become itching for things of this world. But these men of the old that we read of, that the word of God testifies of, they were more than signs and wonders. There was more to it than just signs and wonders. But what made them different, what made them recorded figures in the Bible, is that they lived their life on the evidence of doing everything God has said. And that is called faithfulness. Say that is called faithfulness. It wasn't about what I can get, but who he is. <laughs> you see, the reason we are not moving, and I'm speaking about the general body of Christ in general, globally. All we keep making is noise. We're making noise. But these people move the heart of God because of their faithfulness. The Bible says that Enoch did not experience death. Why? Because of what? His faithfulness. Am I teaching something here to the church? I'll read this. Hebrews 11, 5. It says, when, by faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony. Say testimony. Before he was taken, he had a testimony. Before he was taken, he had a testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For who he comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently Seek him. You see, he says that you have to know that he is. The moment you know that he is, you activate every blessing that he's able to provide. But when you don't realize that he is, and you are not acting to please him, then you are doing everything that you think you are doing, but you are still keeping the door closed. Is the church hearing me here? Say so he, he is. He left behind a testimony. Just one testimony. To please God. Please have your seat. And today I want to speak briefly in the next few minutes 
on increasing our abounding in faithfulness. Say increasing in faithfulness. Or say growing in faithfulness. A lot has been said about this scripture or this message of faithfulness. I really believe it ties into who we are today. There are many people that have testified and said they are Christians, but I think what we are missing as the people of, of, of the kingdom is being diligent in growing in our faithfulness in God. Say, I got to grow in my faithfulness. What I, what I started speaking of was about these men. And when I went back and looked into scriptures, you see how these men, the Bible says in Genesis chapter 6, verses 22, that Noah did according to all that God commanded him, so he did. In the midst of all the people in the world, God found Noah. As one that was going to be able to do what he has called him to do, everything that he has called him to do according to it. Yeah. First Kings of the 17th verse, it says, So, Elijah, he went and did according to the word of the Lord. For he went and stayed at the brook of Sherith, which flows into the Jordan. You read, and I have so many scriptures here that you read countless upon countless how many of these people in scriptures, one thing that is the common denominator about their life was that they did according to what God has said. Not according from. Because what you do according to is the very thing that pleases God. Hallelujah. But some way, somehow, in the mix of our Christian journey, we have lost sight in making this a priority to please God. We wake up. And we look, we like to look good to please ourselves. Oh, maybe I'm not preaching to a church here. When we woke up this morning, uh, I, I, I believe very well, every one of us standing here, including myself, uh, looked in the mirror to make sure that we look pleasing to ourselves. Maybe I'm not preaching to another church. Let me preach to this church here. When we woke up, it was necessary for us to at least get our husbands or our wives to endorse that we look good. We have become interested in what pleases other men and less what pleases God. You see, you cannot say, I'm walking in the faithfulness of God if you are not desiring to please him. You please someone based on what touches his heart. 
So in the book of Hosea, the Bible says, Jesus, God said, that faithfulness is what I desire after, not sacrifice. How much are we pleasing God in our ways and our walk? These men of the old had a very similar character. And that is the character to please God. Say character to please God. Hebrews chapter 12 verses 27 to 29. The Bible says, This means that all creation will be shaken and moved so that only unshakable things will remain. Say unshakable things will remain. Since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, let us be thankful and please God by worshiping him with holy fear and awe. Did you get it there? And I repeat it again. Since we are receiving what? A kingdom that is unshakable, let us be what? Thankful. And please God Thankful and please God by worshiping him with holy what? Fear. For God is a devouring fire. Other scriptures say a consuming fire. These people of old did not put their pleasingness in the things that are shakable. But they place their focus in the unshakable things. Let me bring it down to practicality. We, 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 we strive to gain so many things in this world. I want to get this car. And we see how much we work towards trying to get that very particular car. I want to get this woman, and we see how much extent uh, we go to try to make sure we please this woman uh, so this woman can become my wife. Uh, I want to please this man, uh, and we go to the extent, am I preaching here to somebody? We go to the extent uh, to make sure the person become pleasing to us. But yet, these things are things that will pass away. You realize that even the rich people are constantly in need to make more money. Why? Because they are what? Shakeable things. They are things that are there for the moment and things that can disappear tomorrow. But we got to put our mind on the kingdom of God where it is not shakeable, where it will reign its throne forever and ever. These men of the old made pleasing God their highest priority. Pleasing God. Pleasing God. Galatians chapter 1 verses 9 to 10. The Bible says, Apostle Paul is saying here, As we have received before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to one you receive, let him be a curse. Am I not seeking the am I seeking the approval of men or of God? 
or am I striving to please men? If I were still trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Christ. So if we have agreed that we are the children of Jesus or the sons of God, then we got to strive to please him. Verses 10 again. That we may walk worthy of the Lord, fully what? Pleasing Him. What in your life do you give it to God to please Him? Are you willing to please God? If we are to be faithful children of God, are we desiring to please him? You see, to the parents, we have allowed faithfulness to also, our partial faithfulness to enter into the church as well. We do good to our children because this is what will please our children, not what they need. Hey, can I preach it again? We do good to our children, not because this is what they need, but it is good to them. So they will say, I love my father. I love my mother. So then their love is only contrary or based upon what is good that we do to them. You get it here. So when we start to discipline them, there is a problem in the house. Because they don't understand why you are disciplining me. If you say you love me, but the Bible also says that the Lord disciplines those you what? Love. Am I teaching something here to the church? So then when it comes to us being faithful to God, we don't know how to do it. We don't even teach our children about taking seriousness in worship. We don't even teach our children about taking God's word with all their heart. Hmm? 
we ask the youth, those who are trying to go to college, how many times have you got on your knees asking God, where do you want to take me? I will tell you that the youth may not have that message for you. Because where they want to go is where their friends want them to go. Am I preaching to you? Maybe I'm not preaching to you, but I'll preach to somebody else that will not, it, it will be okay with. You see, they, 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 become, they have become comfortable without not depending on God. But yet, we expect them to be faithful children. I wanted to bring this message of faithfulness really back, you know, to a really practical place for every one of you guys. So our children does not know how to get on their knees. Our children does not know. Even our children that are working does not know what is called tithes and offering. Can I preach it? We allow them to use their tithes and offering to buy the things that will please them. And we ask them, have you pleased God in all your ways? <laughs> I'm enjoying what God is doing in my life today. So one of the character is that they made pleasing God the most highest value, priority in their life. The second thing is that they were determined to be victors and not victims. Let's go to Revelation 2, verses 10. They were determined to be what? Victors and not what? Victims. It says, don't be afraid of what you are about to suffer. Look, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison to test you. And you will have tribulation for 10 days. But hear what the word of the Lord says to the church. Be faithful unto when? Unto when? Unto when? Be faithful unto death. And I will give you the crown of what? Life. It means faithfulness has no limit, but it says that at the end, you will receive a crown of life. means that you will work as a victor and never as a victim. Your faithfulness is a, is a character of you demonstrating that you are a victor and not a victim. So when it came to these people of the old, it did not matter the persecution, it did not matter the affliction, because they were always going to have the mindset of being victors and never a victim. But they were faithful to one thing, which is the word of God. Hallelujah. The third point of their character is that they saw faithfulness as who they were. Not as something that they are admiring to achieve. My children that I've, I've given birth to, I want you to go to Hebrews chapter 3, verses 3 to 6. They don't need to admire to be like their father. <laughs> By virtue of them being my children, 
their acts and their actions automatically becomes like their father. Why? Because in the house, we do the same thing. We eat the same food. We, we, we commune together. So we are one parcel of the house. So by virtue of being in the same house, we and also carrying my DNA, they start to reflect everything about Kwame Bwate. Your children are the same. And that is the attitude that we need to have. That we are children that have been birthed out of Christ as faithful ones. So because we have been birthed out of Christ as faithful ones, we need to then depend on just growing in that faithfulness. Not admiring it from distance. Because when we start to admire it from distance, it takes us nowhere. Oh, I want to be faithful one day. I want to be faithful in this. I want to be faithful in this. You keep looking at it from a distance. How many of us, the beginning of the year, we made so many, you know, so many promises to ourselves? How many promises did we make it? But if you know that promise is already in you, Hebrews chapter 3, verses 3 says, For Jesus is considered worthy of more glory than Moses, just as the builder has more honor than the house. Now, every house is built by someone, but the one who built everything is who? Is who? Good. Moses was faithful as a servant in all God's what? Household. As a testimony, another word, testimony, to what would be said in the future. But Christ was faithful as a son over his household, whose household we are with if we hold on the courage and the confidence of our hope. We are his household. If we hold on to that confidence. Hallelujah. So we need to have that understanding that we are children that are birthed out of faithfulness. So when deceiving things are coming into our life, we have to say, this is not in accordance to the word of God. When pride is coming in your life, you've got to say, this is not my portion. When you start to play games with the promise of God, you've got to say, this is not my portion. Because if you know who you are, you can be true to yourself. Amen. If you know that you are born out of the faithfulness of God, then every act of you needs to be what? Faithful. Hallelujah. Three points, or two points that I want to just, three points I want to highlight briefly about how we grow in this faithfulness. One, it's acknowledging that you have been called into fellowship to share in the faithfulness of Christ Jesus. Acknowledge that about your life, that you have been called into fellowship to share in Jesus Christ's faithfulness. 
1 Corinthians 1 verses 9 says, God is faithful who has called you into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. God is what? Faithful. So he doesn't become faithful because you do something for him that he becomes faithful. He is constantly faithful. And now he has called you to be a partaker of Jesus Christ. The second point for the sake of time. That faithfulness is proven, their faithfulness is proven in God's word. So if you want to find out how faithful you are, look at yourself in God's word. Look at yourself in what? The wife looks at themselves in God's word. The husband looks at themselves in God's word. The children look at themselves in God's word. Huh. I want to show you something. First Samuel, for the sake of time, I want to just show you this briefly. Verses 1, 8 to 11. And every one of one acknowledges Jesus Christ as the faithful one. The Bible says Hannah was buried in a womb with no child. And in verses 8 of chapter 1, it says that, the, that Hannah, the husband said, why are you crying? Her husband, Elikam, said, why wouldn't you eat? Why are you troubled? Am I not better than ten sons? Hannah got up after they ate and drank in at shallow. Eli, the priest, was sitting on a chair by the doorpost of the Lord's temple. Deeply hurt, Hannah prayed to God and wept with many tears. Making a vow, she pleaded, Lord of hosts, if you would take notice of your servant, affliction, remember and not forget me, and give your servant a son, and I will give him to the Lord all the days of what? His life, and his hair will never be what? Cut. Hmm. And I asked myself, God, what provoked Hannah to say such a, such a prayer? The husband said, am I not better than ten sons? And some of us, we would have said, I'm okay with it. But Hannah wanted more. Why? Because Hannah understood the faithfulness of this God that he served. I cannot be going to shallow year after year and keep coming back the same. I cannot be calling myself a child of God and not still believing what he can do or what he is. So check this out. Go to chapter 2. This is how the Lord opened my eyes on this. He says, look at how Hannah prayed towards me. He says, Hannah prayed, my heart rejoiced in the Lord. My horn is lifted up by the Lord. My mouth boasts over any, my enemies because I rejoice in what? Your salvation. Keep going. There is no one holy like the Lord. There is no one besides you. And there is no one, no rock like what? Our God, keep going, keep going. 
but do not boast so proudly or let arrogant words come out of your mouth. For the Lord is a God of knowledge and actions are weighted by what? Him. Actions are weighted by him. Means that Hannah understood that it was only in God that all things was made. So his worship to God was not because of anything else but because he knew who God was. So he did not ask for just a son. But he asked for a Nazarite. Why? Because what we are used to is that God give us. The reason why we say God give us because we want it for ourselves. But if you know that God is the faithful one, then what you are is just a carrier of what he wants to do on this earth. And what the people need in that time was a prophet. And Hannah asked for a Nazarite. Why? Because this child was not going to be for him, for her. But this child was going to be back for God. So if you go back, you realize from chapter 1, verse 27 and 28. Chapter 1, verses 27 28. He says, this is Hannah. He says, I prayed for this boy and said the Lord gave me what I have asked of him. I now give the boy to the Lord. For as long as he lives, he is given to what? The Lord. Those who are faithful don't hold anything back from God. Faithfulness in God means that you truly have come to the very place you depend that he's the one that provides and he's the one that also receives. So that situation, that employment that you just got, you are, can I just say, we become unfaithful when we turn around and say, God, because of this work, I can no longer fellowship in the house of God. We receive a blessing, then now we want to hold on to the blessing. But Hannah had a different understanding. That because I've received this child, I give the child back to you. How many of us are willing to give back to God what he's given to you? Because if you know he's the one that gave it, then it's easier for you to give it back to him. Please rise on your feet. I didn't have enough time to finish this, but maybe I'll finish it during second service. You see, faithfulness people also know what it means to show gratitude the giver. Thanksgiving is part of those who are faithful. They don't shy away from giving God all the glory because everything is all by him. 
Can you praise God in the midst of all things? Those who are faithful agree with the message in Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. It says, be anxious of nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpass our understanding, will guard your heart and minds through Christ Jesus. With thanksgiving. Can you thank God for every situation you are going through? Can you trust in the word of God for everything that you may be going through? Can you give everything and surrender everything to him and not hold anything back? Can you trust God enough? How faithful the level of your dependence on God's word will measure how faithful you are to God. As I'm ending, my brothers and sisters, we are living in a very different times. And what will separate us will be our faithfulness to God. It's not just about the signs and wonders that you want to see. But what will make you a Christian of a testimony will be your faithfulness to God. Can you remain faithful to his word? Lift up your voice or prayer and say, just Lord, help us.